All right, the book of Matthew tonight, turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter number 17, Matthew chapter number uh, 17. Thank you so much for the music, and uh, we are spoiled. You do know that, right? Uh, the wonderful music that we get to hear uh, each and every service, and I'm thankful for it, thankful for the work and the dedication uh, that goes into that. Especially, they just don't practice, they just show up and, 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 and grab a mic and and just sing, but uh, no, they put a lot of practice, dedicate some time each week to practice, and I appreciate their dedication, and uh, it certainly uh, makes, makes, gets me ready to preach, that's for sure. Matthew chapter number 17, um, I've preached on this subject uh, before, I have preached from this passage before, uh, this is one of those uh, subjects that as a pastor, uh, we just need to revisit it from time to time because we all uh, need to hear what I'm going to preach on this evening. And uh, so I want you to follow along with me, Matthew chapter number 17. And I'm going to say those dreaded words that you hate to hear. I don't plan on preaching long tonight, um, but in, it, it, just, just the way God would ha have it work out this evening. Uh, verse number 14 and when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. What a passage of Scripture. What a challenging passage of Scripture. I remind you that this is the Lord speaking. What a bold proclamation that He makes that you could have faith to say, pick this mountain up and cast it into the sea. The Lord's making a point uh, of the importance of faith. We know that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Why do we know that? Because God has told us that in His Word. The Bible also tells us that if it's not of faith, it is of sin. Uh, we, we, we have a sin problem. Uh, besides battling our flesh, many times our faith, uh, we, we like the faith that we need. But I believe that in spite of man, we still have a holy and a great God. We have a God that still does the miracle. I know it's 2021 and everybody's supposed to be discouraged and depressed. I know it's 2021 and we're supposed to, as God's people, we're just supposed to hang on till the rapture. Uh, that's not my outlook. <clears throat> that's not my mindset. I'm not depressed. I'm not discouraged. I'm looking forward to see the miracles that God does do. But tonight I want to preach from this passage of Scripture. And I want us to see in verse 
number 19 and 20 again. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto him, Because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. Tonight, I want to preach on this subject, the hindrance to a miracle. The hindrance to a miracle. Father, I pray that you would use the simple thoughts that you've given to me. Use your word tonight to do what only your word can do. May it be quick. May it be sharp. Father, may the Spirit of God meet our needs. Might someone get victory over their unbelief this evening. Might we prepare for our future as Christians, as a church, and the things that we may encounter sometime in the future where we just we need a miracle. And Father, may we be reminded that we need a miracle uh, just to walk this world. We need miracles that, uh, and we experience miracles that often we don't even take time to recognize. But Father, I'm so thankful you're the God of a miracle. And may we be helped tonight by what is done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A very sobering passage of Scripture, but a very helpful passage of Scripture to you and I. Why could not we cast him out? Can you sense the emotion in this father as he comes to the Lord? And might I just say, he came to the right place. And may we follow that example tonight with things that we cannot do. May we continue to take them to the Lord. And he explains the situation, and of course, we have an account of what Jesus did so many times. He, he rebuked the devil. He changed the life of this child and this family forever. You see, verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus, and they were puzzled. But I think it reveals their heart in the fact that they would at least ask the question of why they failed. Jesus, why could we not cast him out? And friend, let me just remind you, this helps me, maybe it'll help you. Let's be reminded of who this group of men were. This is John the Beloved. This is Peter. And I know Peter gets a lot of criticism because Peter sometimes says words he shouldn't have said, and Peter sometimes was impetuous, and Peter sometimes, uh, and, and famously he he, he, he denied knowing the Savior. But do you and I really want to compare our walk with Peter's? And there's a, lot, there's a lot of preachers today, these podcast preachers who want to condemn everybody, they would have condemned Peter. I don't want to compare my life to Peter's. I don't want to compare my walk with Peter's. I, I make this point just to say, let's be reminded of who this is that failed in their Christian life. These are the men who were closest to the Lord. There was nobody on planet earth closer to him than this group of men. This is James. This is John. This is Andrew. This is his group of men. They come to him, and they say, why could not we cast him out? I bring that point up to say, you and I, we are going to fail. I wish I could tell you that I've always been perfect in my faith. I can't. I wish I could tell you that there, there's never been a time in my life when my flesh and my doubts and my fears got the best of me and I, I just didn't believe like I should have believed. Now, thankfully, I believe I've grown in my faith, but before we get ready to quit and just throw in a towel, let's be reminded of who we're, who we're talking about here. 
And the Lord so graciously and certainly he rebuked them. How long am I going to be with you? How long am I going to tolerate? But he goes and carefully explains, he says, because of your unbelief. Now, they witnessed Jesus do a miracle. What a sight. They could have been part of that miracle if they just believed. I wonder how many miracles have gone undone, not because God could not do it, but because man just did not believe like he needed to believe. He says, because of your unbelief, and tonight, for a few minutes, I want us to focus on the hindrance to a miracle. Let's make no mistake, if we are going to serve the Lord faithfully, we're going to need God to do some miracles. Our salvation is a miracle of God. Uh, The fact that we have lived and survived this long is a miracle. What God has done for us as a church is a miracle. We could take all of our time and, and truthfully go all through the night if we started on one side of the room and talked about all the miracles that God has done in our life and reflected on the goodness of God. I'm thankful that I serve a God, the God of miracles. But I, I want us to face the question tonight of what miracles are going undone because of a lack of belief. I, I'll, I'll, I'll use our present situation in, in the next coming weeks as we next Sunday kick off. There'll be somebody. No, nah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be your pastor. Ah, ah, I, he means well, but it's not going to happen. Well, I, I'm here to tell you that I'm not going to do without a miracle because of your unbelief. I'm going to believe. Uh, I, I, I want to see what God would do. The word unbelief can be defined as, very simply, the withholding of belief. You say, well, that just makes sense. But think about that definition. It's the withholding of belief. I'm capable of believing, but I'm not going to. I'm capable of putting my faith, but I'm withholding it. I can believe, but I'm not. You know, it reminds me of of, of an adult or or parents with children, and and, and you share or, or you give that or you say thank you. It's not hard. You just say, I can, but I'm not. But think about it in context of our our text tonight and the unbelief of a child of God. The definition simply means the withholding of belief. We can, but we choose not to. Think about this in light of how big our God is. How capable our God is. God allows things to come our way. We say, uh, God... we, we need your intercession. We need you to intercede. We need a miracle. Any great work that God's people decide to, to, to get together in one accord, set forth to do, if it's going to be a great work, it's beyond our ability. It's beyond what we can do. It's beyond our means. We need a miracle to do what it is that you commanded us to do. Do you realize that God has commanded the church to take the gospel to the entire world? Well, that's not possible. Well, I guess we need a miracle. I guess we need God to provide. 
You can either believe it or not, and if you have unbelief, you have capability of belief, but you've just decided to withhold it. I guess God's not big enough. I guess God's not good enough. Pastor, that's not true. Why else would you withhold the belief that you're capable of giving? Well, the definition goes on to tell us it's due to weak faith. It's due to weak faith. All of us, no matter where your faith is tonight, you could categorize as weak faith or strong faith. All of us need to grow more in our faith. And God will allow things to come into our life. God will allow things to, to come in the path, the obstacle of a church trying to do the will of God. That will increase our faith. If we as a church don't step forth by faith and increase our faith, we're not going to stay the same. We'll begin to die as a church because we must grow in our faith. Pastor, I, I know there's some things that I need God to do, but I just I don't, don't know that I can believe. You're with, you are choosing to withhold your faith. I mean, God hadn't been good enough for you. God hadn't done any miracles for you. We haven't seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle. I just, that, that's good for you, Pastor. No, no, no. Why are you withholding your, your belief? That's what the word unbelief means. And Jesus tells us the hindrance to a miracle because of your unbelief. He didn't say because you're a sinner. We're all sinners. He didn't say because you didn't have a certain set of talents and skills and you didn't go to the right uh, school or you didn't do this or that. or He didn't even say you are from the north, northern Israel. I mean, he, he didn't even say that. I mean, he was just because of your unbelief. Uh, why are you withholding? Let me give you four statements tonight that I find in this passage of Scripture when it comes to the hindrance to a miracle. I want you, believe it or not, as your pastor, I want you to have miracles. Well, it, 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 I, it is an honor to me for you to call me, text me, email me, catch me before and after a service and say, Pastor, this is what's going on in my life. Would you pray with me? I count that an honor. And by the way, don't withhold that from your pastor. Uh, allow me to do what it is that God has called me to do. But I also, that's an honor. But let me tell you what I love. Pastor, i got to share with you what God has done. You don't say it like this, but you got, what you're doing is saying, let me share with you the miracle that God has done for me. Let me, you know, some of you have, have, have positions in a company, you have a job today, there's no explanation of why you have it, other than God did it. Well, I would pray for that, but I just don't think God would do it. Uh, why are you withholding your belief? Uh, let me, let me give you statement number one. We find in this passage a failure to understand the hindrance. In verse number 19, we've already really expanded on this. Then came the disciples of Jesus apart and said, why, why could not we cast him out? Hopefully tonight we're going to cover this because we find a failure to understand the hindrance. I believe there are Christians that are living their life and they sincerely would love to see God do a miracle. But for whatever reason, they don't understand why they don't see it. Their mind gets cloudy with maybe... I'm not, I'm not one of those people that God does that for. You realize Jesus died for everybody. You realize God is not a respecter of person. You realize that that, that that has nothing to do with why we don't see a miracle. It is simply the hindrance is simply withholding our belief. The hindrance is because of the unbelief. So we have a failure to understand the hindrance. Tonight when we leave, if nothing else, I want us to understand what the failure is 
So because, before we can have a miracle, we have to understand what is, where's the failure at? Why am I not having? It's not because God is not able. It's not because God does not love you. It's not because God is not, uh, is not capable. It is simply because many times because we say, I can believe. Sometimes God allows things to come. He's supposed to see how bad we want it and how big we believe he really is. So we find a failure to understand the hindrance. These men, again, I point out who we're talking about. These men walked so close to the Lord and they still didn't understand. You know what that says to me? That says to me that I can, I can have a close walk with God and my faith cannot be what it needs to be. I can spend time in His presence and still be clueless to why the miracle doesn't happen. Has that ever happened to you? Man, God, I just, you wrestle with prayer. God, you got, you got to explain this to me. God, would you show me? And then you, have, you, you read a verse of Scripture and like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It was there the whole time. God just has a way of reminding us that he's already given the answer. So we find a failure to understand the hindrance. And I understand why many miracles are not done. Statement number two is this. This, this is not going to be the deepest outline you ever hear, but it may be the most helpful to you. Number two is, is, is simply this. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Some of you think you need more than you have for God to do for you. You don't need more than you've got. Oh, oh Sunday, I'm going to throw a lot of stuff at you with a price tag on it. And I'm just going to give you a hint. It's beyond our means. And before we go, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Why don't we say, okay, who's got it? I don't mean who in here's got it. God's got it. And we, don't, we have exactly what is needed. What is that? Notice in verse number 20. If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Oh, I love reading the biographies of men God greatly used. Oh, you want to be challenged, read the, the biography of Hudson Taylor. And oh, probably my, fam my, my favorite biography is Hudson Taylor and, and George Mueller of, 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 of great men of the past. And oh, you read those and you see these men are of great faith. You read the faith of the people, the, these apostles that God would use to turn the world upside down. And we say, oh, give me that great faith so that we can... See a move over our nation. Give me that great faith so that I can see miracles. Give me that great faith of these great men of the past. And Jesus says, just give me a little faith. It doesn't take as much as you think it needs for you to see a miracle. According to the Savior, it just takes the faith, a grain of a mustard seed. You ever seen a mustard seed? Tiny. Maybe you haven't seen a mustard seed. Have you ever seen a popcorn kernel? That's Mount Everest to a mustard seed. And Jesus said, if you can just give me that much, I can do a miracle. Because it's not about our ability or our capability. It's about him. It's about his capability. It doesn't take much. 
Can I just trying to challenge all of us and remind all of us? You think we have that much? This may not help you, but this helps me. If the standard was the faith of a Hudson Taylor, how many of us would have confidence that we'd hit that? If it was the faith of, and we can name these great men of the Bible that God greatly used, how many of us would feel confident that we could ever aspire to that? Friend, that's not the standard. That's not the requirement. Our Lord sets the bar and He sets it to a place where each and every Christian, each and every one of us can achieve that. We can have this much faith, just the amount, the size of the grain of a mustard seed. Imagine what God would do. Let me remind you that it doesn't take much. Third statement is this. We need to realize what we are missing. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. We read verse 20. Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as the grave of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place. I'm just going to point out yonder is a southern word, but to yonder place. And it shall remove. Notice this next phrase. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. I don't know how your mind thinks, but I love to ponder the promises and blessings of God. But I have an inquisitive mind. I have a mind that it's just the one the Lord gave me, obviously. I want to ask the question behind the question. I wonder how many miracles we've missed. We can talk about the miracles God's done. And I love to talk about God's miracles. But we must, with we come to this sobering subject, at least let the question pass through our mind. What miracle have I missed in my life because I didn't have the faith? That was necessary. It would, be, it would do us well to realize what we are missing. I feel sorry for Christians who've never seen an answer to prayer. They've never seen a miracle. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. I don't understand those, those, those every Sunday, go to church every Sunday Christians, especially those ones that go twice. I mean, then, I mean the, the, go in the middle of the week and Sunday school, you come for the donuts, I know that, but, you know, get Sunday school too and this and that. I don't understand that. If you knew what you were missing, you'd have a better understanding. If you knew what you were missing. Well, just the, just the, just the discipline and enforcing myself, even when I don't want to, to get into the Bible every day and to pray. If you knew what you were missing in that fellowship, you'd have an understanding. We could also apply this to what we're missing when it comes to miracles. Now, you've heard the illustration. I've heard it. I don't know how scriptural it is. Oh, somebody, they pray and they get to heaven and they see all the, the answers to prayer and then they get to this place, what's in here? And, and as I think about it, it's not scriptural at all. But uh, this, is, this is everything you could have had if you just asked. There are some things that we miss if we just would have had the faith 
that is necessary, the faith that is needed. And friend, I'm, I'm trying to help you tonight because we all fall in this trap, your pastor included. Well, I can't compare myself. As a matter of fact, God tells us not to compare ourselves. Sometimes we'll look around the local church that God has given us and we'll say, I can't have the faith of my pastor. I can't have the faith of brother so-and-so. I can't have the faith of sister so-and-so. I don't have that faith. I didn't grow up like them. I was saved later in life. I don't have the same experiences. You don't have to have the faith of anyone else. You just got to have the faith of a little grain of a mustard seed. And friend, let me tell you, it's a wonderful thing when God does a miracle for you and when God does something for you. We as Emmanuel Baptist Church have experienced in the past and I want to experience it again in the future saying and rejoicing in what God has done and the miracles that he has performed, not because of our goodness, not because we are worthy, because we just don't want to miss what God could do. I'll give you statement number four. This is where we get down to it. And nothing, the end of verse 20, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Verse 21. How be it? He's saying, pay attention. Uh, How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer. And fasting. Statement number four is this. Some effort is required. Well, I want God to do a miracle. How bad do you want God to do a miracle? I want God to just provide for us, Pastor. I want God to just provide for my home. I want God to just do great things for our church. How bad? There's a lot of rhetoric behind pulpits today of how we need revival and we need to do... We, we, well, well, can I just be very informal? Duh. We need revival. Look around. Walk around. Listen to what the news tells you. I didn't say listen to the truth. I said listen to what they tell you. I mean, we need revival. We know that. But how bad do we want it? Bad enough to confess? Bad enough to spend time on our face? We know, and it makes for good preaching, and it's what you call an automatic amen getter. God's big enough to give you a miracle. And all God's people said, are you willing to pray for it? Are you willing to fast for it? Some effort is required. Um. He said, you can have it. Picture with me this conversation as we get ready to conclude with the message tonight. This man comes with a great need. A need that no social program, no counseling program could solve. The need could only be met by the supernatural touch of God. They come to the right place. That man comes to the right place and says, Master, I, I need a miracle. He rebukes that devil, and that child is never the same. The disciples, with a sincere heart, they compare what they had just seen with what they could not do. And they come to the Lord, and they ask him, How come we couldn't do that? And we know the text, we've been through it tonight. He 
says because of your unbelief. You could have seen that miracle. You could have had a part in that miracle, but you just didn't believe enough. This is a whole other message, but might I pause? And I believe that sometimes we don't stop and witness to somebody the Lord impresses upon us to witness because we don't think they can get saved. They're not going to listen to us. And sometimes it's true, they don't listen to us, but I wonder how many would have trusted Christ if we just believed. I'm just going to stop and give them the gospel and let the gospel do what the gospel can do. He tells them, it, you just need the faith of the size of a grain of a mustard seed. Realize what you're missing, nothing. And oh, would it do us some good as a church for God's people to get a hold of this and say, I'm going to get some miracles for my family. I'm going to get some miracles for my home. I'm going to get some miracles for my church. I want to get from God. I want to have the faith. I believe God can do. I'm going to do it. And Jesus says, but gentlemen, I'm telling you, you can say to that mountain, remove yourself if with just the grain of a mustard seed. How be it? This kind, this kind of miracle, this kind of move with God, it doesn't happen because you read of stories in a book. It doesn't even happen because your pastor stands up and preaches from a passage like this on a Sunday night. This kind takes some effort. You can't just, if you need a miracle this week, it's going to take some effort on your part. It's going to take some extra prayer, some fasting. I haven't even showed you everything that I believe the Lord's going to have us do and have us do very soon. But I'm going to tell you, it's not going to happen if we don't pray over it. That's why the next six weeks there's going to be a lot of prayer. It's not going to happen unless we want it bad enough to say, I, I don't even feel like eating today. Because, God, i got to get a hold of you so that you can do something only you can do. It takes effort. It might not remind us, it doesn't take God any effort. The effort is not on God. It's nothing for God. It's easy for God. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, there's no effort on his part. The effort comes from us. There, there's some, and I want you to listen very carefully to me, there's some of you, you could see that miracle sooner than you think, and that which, which you don't, you're withholding that belief, it could happen. If you're willing to make the effort, if you're willing to visit an altar, well, there's some things I just don't want to give up. You don't want that miracle bad enough, do you? That's the problem with America. We've got a lot of churches. We've got a lot of rhetoric to talk about revival, but we don't want to give up our sin. We don't want to change our schedule. We don't want to inconvenience ourselves. Some of the same rhetoric we hear from, 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 from God's men, these are the same ones who are shutting down services, the same one who, 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 who are compromising the word of God. We don't want, we, we say we want it, but we don't want it. Because Jesus says you can have it, but how be it? It's going to take some effort on your part. You can have a miracle tonight, Christian. How bad do you want it? While it just takes a little faith, it does take action. There's a lot of Christians who 
If it wasn't for your mere doctrinal statement, you'd be more charismatic than you were a Baptist. Well, God said, I'm just claiming it's going to happen. You don't find that in that book. God says, I'll give it. God says, I'll bless. But there's action on your part. God will save anybody that wants to be saved, but the heart's got to be repentant towards him. God will bless anybody that wants to be blessed, but you must trust and obey. I trust him. That song, that hymn is not trust and trust. No, it's, I'm not going to sing it for you because it's trust and obey. There's an effort on our part. I think every single one of us in here, every one of us, will testify to the fact that we believe God answers prayer. But you've got to pray. We believe. I don't serve a dead God. I serve Jehovah God. The God who created all things, that my God has spoke everything into existence. My God uses this world as a footstool. That's how big my God is. My God, my God if, he, if he recognizes when the sparrow falls, how much more do we mean to him? My God can rename all the stars. He doesn't just know how many there are. He knows their name because he named them. And friend, if he can recite the names of the stars, he knows all about you. He knows all about your family. He knows all about your needs. He knows the needs of this church. And he just wants to do miracles for us. He just wants to provide for us. He wants us to see things that are even beyond what we ever can think possible. But he says it's going to take a little bit of faith. And faith is what moves God. You don't need the faith of a Hudson Taylor. You don't need the faith of a George Mueller. You just need to give the faith you have to him, and he'll use it. But how be it, this kind comes by prayer and fasting. It takes an effort on your part. Do you want the miracle you need in your life bad enough to get up a half an hour earlier every day? As a church, are we really going to want, do we really want to see our city turned upside down for Christ? Do we want it bad enough to get up and pray for it? Do we want it bad enough to block off some time to tell somebody else about Christ? Do we want it bad enough for it to show in our budget? God, I want you to do. God, I want you to provide. God, I want you to do the miracle, and I'll just sit back here and wait for you to do it. It's not the way God works. Uh, it takes some effort. Are you ready to do the effort? I hope this is an encouragement to you, but a challenge as well. It encourages me to think that these men, as greatly used as they were, and the time they... Spit in his presence. They, they still failed to see the key of faith. They learned it because of what God used them to do. So first of all, let me say as we conclude for the third time tonight, don't let your lack of faith discourage you to the point 
or you just don't use the faith you have. Use what you got, because it doesn't take much. How be it? It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some change. It's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take us making an effort on our part. There's no effort for God. No effort for God. What God does expect and require effort on our part. Could you imagine if every member of our church said, I'm going to put the effort in to see God do the miracle? Not only will we experience miracles in our own life, could you imagine as a testimony to this world that God is still in His throne? God still intercedes on behalf of His children. You know, it doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter who the Congress is. God is still on His throne. Oh, may we put forth the effort that is needed. Father, help us.